Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my first impressions of Season of Dawn. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you could probably catch me live right now at twitch.tv slash rage, or if it's easier, just go to saynotorage.com. It'll bring you right to my Twitch channel. It forwards you here. If you're on YouTube, like, subscribe, and the bell button helps me out. Sharing these episodes and podcasts with other people is also helpful to me. Uh, the, the Season of Dawn has been going for one day, so I went through and did a handful of things tried out the the gamut of the stuff so I could give you my first impressions and I've gone through the initial story stuff I have gone through and interacted with the Saint 14 the initial thing you do with him I'm not going to give details there so you can experience it on your own and then I've done Sundial and I've been interacting with the Obelisk so I've kind of gone the gamut of the week one stuff and then there's new stuff each week so again this is just my first impressions kind of going through that amount of the content and I will avoid spoilers if you're concerned about story so I'm going to start with story I'm going to talk about what I thought how they're structuring it how they're doing it second I want to talk about the loot there is new loot there are new things to chase and then lastly I want to talk about the grind uh, the grind so story it's definitely not a strong focus I mean I'm I'm going to concede that point people that are really wanting a strong focus on story lots of cutscenes or lots of campaign missions or 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 things of that nature you're probably going to feel that it's a little bit light you may even feel disappointed I'm okay with that given the nature of the new structure and what they're trying to do. This is a $10 season. This is not DLC. Somebody said that this morning and I really want to latch on to that. There's a giant difference between DLC and a season. A season is not meant to be this giant substantive deliverable and it certainly then is going to be lacking on story. So I felt like it was a very solid narrative and very solid setup. I'm not I'm not disappointed in what they gave us. It, it, in some respects... It's not at the level of Shadowkeep, but this is better than what we were getting with, you know, Undying and Ikora. I think this is more interesting. Uh, it's also spread out, so you're not getting everything week one. We're gonna you interact with Saint Fourteen this week. I'm not gonna explain to you what happens or how it happens, but you do interact with him this week. That's not a secret. That was in the trailers. And then next week on the calendar, it says rescue a hero or whatever it says. So they're spreading out you know the the story and and don't don't do that thing where you go to Osiris and ignore the dialogue he's saying things they're they're drawing out the narrative they're adding things to it and i know this isn't ideal but if you haven't read the lore entries on Bungie read those in order they add a ton of background to what's going on that's why i was able to predict what we do when we first interact with saint i kind of knew that's what we were going to do and there was lore that gave background to that and kind of helped me know that that was potentially coming and it's really neat I, there's there's i think there's some neat stuff there i know you know you may you may not want to go to the go to the website and like read through all that it may not be your cup of tea but it's actually really really well written and it's interesting it wouldn't take you very long you know it'd take you maybe 20 to 30 minutes to read through it and if you like destiny and you like saint 14 you know why not why not go check it out I think that the structure and the depth of the story seems acceptable for $10. Uh, What we're getting is focusing on significant characters in the story of Destiny. This isn't some one-off, off- off-the-cuff thing where, like, Ada comes out of nowhere and we don't really care about Ada. Uh, you know, even the menagerie, it just kind of loops back to Callus. I actually find this to be more interesting because it's attached to characters we are both familiar with, and I would say a lot of us are somewhat interested in these characters, Osiris and Saint-14 is kind of a win-win. We're getting, the, we're getting a picture into 
more of the iconic characters in Destiny. So for ten dollars, I'm I, I think what we got with respect to story is fine, and there's more to come. We're not even done yet. This is just week one. So let's talk about loot. Loot, I actually am more pleased with the loot than I thought I was going to be, and we're not even really done yet. We just got started, so I don't even I've not even really gotten a ton of stuff. But you can look at collections and you can use websites like uh, light.gg is a great website to look up potential roles if you like a certain gun type or you like certain perks you can go there and see what type of uh, gun roles you can get one of the first things we noticed was new perks you can go into the collections and we quickly saw a brand new perk on the ritual weapon for the vanguard the sidearm called the buzzard i believe is its name yeah the buzzard and we saw this brand new perk called osmosis it uses your grenade ability uh, whenever you use it it changes the damage type of the weapon so all of a sudden it is got an element on it and i don't know if the crit multiplier still still applies as if it's kinetic or if in the moment it becomes an elemental but that new perk is really really interesting i was trying it out on the brand new assault rifle and i gotta tell you it may not have tons of utility and it may not be super powerful which is i think a a plenty of reason to bring back elemental primaries in a true sense but when i saw all three elements down on my guns it felt really really good i had arc on my auto rifle solar on my shotgun and void on my heavy and it just there was something satisfying about that knowing that i had all three elements on my guns all i had to do was throw a grenade and then my kinetic just stayed on that element so that's one perk that we found that you know is new that that can change gameplay and change your approach to combat a little bit also something that was really exciting with respect to guns and things and and things happening is you guys are probably going to go to the comments or people were doing this on twitter the old-fashioned has returned with the year two treatment it's got the mod slots it's got random rolls unfortunately it's collection pictures is a little ho-hum all you see is drop mag but you can get some really great rolls on this you can get uh demolitionist you can get explosive rounds you can get an outlaw kill clip version it's it's a really really solid gun i've i've missed using the old-fashioned from year one and the jack queen king is also back so there's some weapons returning as well as new weapons and as well as new perks there's even one on the new grenade launcher that when you run over heavy ammo it gives you ammo for the gun uh and then i got this thing with one of the new ones as well the vorpal perk the vorpal perk does increased damage to bosses vehicles and guardians while they're in their super so there's new things to experiment with and new things to try that was one of my biggest concerns about the weapon system was I want to chase new perks, and we've certainly got that, and we've got things to try out. Last season, it wasn't a new perk, but it certainly became important. A lot of us were chasing Demolitionist on guns, and it led to some fun builds. I'm anxious to see what we can come up with this time around. Also, we're not even really scratching the surface yet on what Charge with Light is going to do. It's it's a new it's a it's a new idea. You got this charge with light extra perk here. Things that you get when you're charged with light, and then you know how you become charged with light. You kind of have to combine those perks. And I, we haven't even really scratched the surface on what that's going to do to strategies and builds and uptime. Uh, unfortunately, they had to disable dynamo because they're letting us stack. They're letting us stack mods on armor, and double dynamo was broken, so that's, that's temporarily disabled. But I would rather them kind of be throwing things at the wall 
with respect to freedom and builds and new things and you know periodically that's gonna lead to some stuff that uh, is unpleasant like non-stop supers in the crucible but they acted quickly and disabled double dynamo uh, i think the guns look great and feel great as well uh, the new guns have a really nice feel to them i really enjoy the aesthetic of the saint 14 stuff i don't think anybody can cry about reskins this time around if you're looking at these weapons uh, they, you know, and again, they added a brand new type. Uh, this this martyr's retribution is called a wave frame. It's a brand new grenade launcher type, one shot handheld grenade launcher, and the projectiles release a wave of energy when they contact the ground. So I've not really had a chance to mess with that, but that's cool to have that as a grenade launcher. And I believe that the aesthetic of the weapons. Uh, is is nice. They're putting everything kind of in line with the Saint 14 style stuff. Basically, everything is very influenced by the perfect paradox, and I can definitely get behind that because that is a beautiful gun. Uh, now the guns are slowly coming back, and I'm fine with that. You know, year one guns are slowly coming back. I'm totally fine with that. There's plenty of year one guns that you know, are sort of left behind and, you know, we, we, we've been wanting them to come back. There were plenty of really, really good guns and getting that random roll treatment and that mod treatment is exciting. Uh, the Uriel's gift and the old fashioned coming back, I know has a lot of people excited. Uh, the only, the only kind of downside I would say is we have to focus on scouts and pulses this time around. So infinite paths, it's good that it came back. But given that they're funneling us to scouts and pulses, it might have been better to bring back more scouts and pulses than, you know, auto rifles and hand cannons. I'm not going to complain about the old fashioned coming back, but that is a little bit of a dissonance in the game is bows, scouts and pulses and auto rifles are the ones that you're going to for the rounds on the artifact, but auto rifles can only do overload. They can't do any of the others. So you're kind of going to be gravitating towards pulses and scouts, I would think, whenever you're engaging with high-level champions. And that's just another time where you're like, oh man, it would have been cooler to see some of those other guns come back. And you still can't put those on exotics, which is a bit of a bummer. Lastly, let's talk about the grind. It's tough to give a ton of thoughts about the grind because we just got started, but I do think they were smart in how they set this up. They basically gave us the chalice from Menagerie and they broke it into pieces and it comes in the form of these obelisks. You go to the obelisks on the planet, you can level them up, they come with planetary benefits, they come with bounty benefits, you can grind for the weapons you get in Sundial right there on the obelisk just by grabbing the bounties. You're not really going to want to be doing that right now though because you're going to be primarily going and using that currency to upgrade the obelisk as opposed to buying the bounties. I like the sundial. I thought it was fun. It was intense. I think the non-failable nature of it, like Menagerie, is in a really good space because we beat it really, really quickly. It's probably going to take more casual, more matchmade teams a little bit longer because it is pretty tough, and I like that. I like that it didn't feel like a cakewalk, even though we were over the level of the environments. It was pretty intense, and I thought that was a smart play to not make it feel just easy breezy that's one of the beautiful things about saying it's not failable you can crank up the intensity volume and if people get upset at that don't worry you can't fail it so you know just keep going Um, so I like it I've avoided the sundial I think they were intentional about mixing up the grinds you're doing the obelisks you're doing quests for Osiris and then there's the sundial people were like why are you going into lost sectors to do these bounties for the obelisks I'm like it's faster and it changes things up I was just running around the EDZ doing nine patrols and grabbing resources that might seem a little mundane and tedious but I would much rather have them kind of mix it up and take me to different places and planets than me just running sundial nonstop day one they had to be smart about that and and kind of 
you know, compartmentalize and separate the grind and the fact that we're doing the obelisks on the planets, doing things on the Tangled Shore and Mars, and then there's two more on the way, I think was smart. You also have to remember that there's depth and trickle on the way. Two more obelisks, more bosses, legend mode for Sundial. There's more depth to the, you know, to those things. My biggest question mark right now is what's the incentive to do those things? Is there going to be incentive to run the harder version of the Sundial? The hard version of Menagerie kind of fell flat. So unfortunately, we saw those swords in the collections. I'm worried they're going to do another, they're, they're going to do another non, non reason to run hard mode. Uh, so I. I'm also curious what they're going to be doing with these bounties. If you go to the obelisk, you can get a bounty to get the gun, and it's way faster than running Sundial. So I'm curious, once all my obelisks are max level, and I'm getting that currency and kind of saving it up, it seems like it's going to be easier to not run Sundial to farm for the weapons. I'm curious what Bungie's going to do about that, and we'll have to kind of think through maybe leveling up all the obelisks. Maybe Sundial slowly becomes way better, uh, you know, getting more weapons and stuff at the end. We'll have to wait and see. Overall, I think this is a solid Solid, solid addition to the game for $10. I'm giving it a solid 7.5 out of 8. If you're a fan of Destiny, there's more Destiny. There's more activities. There's more guns. There's more story. There's more character development. You're getting small slices of all the things we love as Destiny players. So... I can't really think of anything to knock on right now and complain about. That may change in the coming weeks as things roll out. Um, so I, I think they did a really, really good job. A seven and a half. I'm sorry, not out of eight. A solid seven and a half or eight out of ten. I'm sorry, I said that incorrectly. I apologize. I was talking fast. Uh, as always, we're gonna go to question and answer next. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that came after my Season of Dawn first impressions. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, probably live right now at saynotorage.com. Uh, you want to come in and join these question and answer sessions, that's great. If you're on YouTube, you can hit like, subscribe, or hit the little bell button. I don't do a lot of gameplay during these sessions because it, 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 I lose focus, but these weeklies take a while and an easy one, an easy place to do it in a... This isn't the fastest way, but a good mindless place to do these weeklies from the obelisk on the Tangled Shore is the Trossland uh, Lost Sector, because you can just kind of come in here and get easy grenade kills, and then there's a captain at the end every time, and I can run this mindlessly uh, while we work our way through the questions. So first question is, Dr. Sprepper, I think the season's been amazing so far. I love the new season, Guns, Perk, and Obelisk. Do you think the obelisk mechanic should also be incorporated to other vendors, like passive upgrades, leveling up to get weapons and mods? How would you improve the system of other vendors if incorporated at all? If you've seen any of my videos where I go off on my little tangents and my my little rants about vendors being incredibly untapped potential, I talk about this with regularity. They just do not do enough with the with with the, the vendors. Being able to go to a vendor for that season and invest and get upgrades, cosmetics, have a seasonal rank. Uh, there's there's just so much that they're not doing uh, that they could. And it, it's a bit of a bummer because, and I know a lot of people are going to comment and say, yeah, this is why the Eververse needs to go away because they could take all the stuff out of the Eververse and put it on the planets. Well, you know, and I, and I saw people commenting on my YouTube video and people commenting on Reddit saying this game would be in such better shape if they would just give the vendors, you know, half the treatment of, of the Eververse. Um... I just don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if this game needs a, a like a quantitative just dump taken on it. I do think 
I, I, and I said this the other day in one of my one of my talks, quality of grind I think is better than quantity of grind. Now that doesn't mean that I don't want them to do this with vendors, but I certainly don't want it to be just pointless. I do like the obelisks. I like the idea of like you get a benefit on the planet. You get a benefit in your grind too, by the way. We haven't even fully tapped like how efficient the grind can get the sundial is going to get better with time because you're slowly going to be getting more at each planet you're going to be getting you know faster progress on the bounties there's a lot of reasons to run the obelisk and i think that's what i would do with the npcs on the planets i would be giving tangible and enjoyable benefits uh you know to that grind don't just make it something that's throwaway and inconsequential now that doesn't mean you can't put in cosmetics cosmetics are certainly something that people love in destiny so there's no reason to not do cosmetics i would just think you'd probably want to do more than just cosmetics and that's me pushing back on the idea that we oh if they just if they would just take the the cosmetics out of the eververse you know this game would be in such better shape Um, or if they would just do vendor updates, this game would be in such better shape. I will agree that vendor, vendor treatment is needed, but I don't necessarily think for $10, you're going to get an all, an all encompassing season. You're not going to get a bunch of stuff in the vendors and a new activity and new story and a new loot pool and all the NPCs or the NPCs in the tower also get updated. I think that's the big thing I'm going to continue to push home is, I know Shadowkeep may have been the time to do that, but again, Shadowkeep was their first DLC deliverable as a self-published bungee, so maybe there were pieces of it that got sliced and staggered to feed us during the seasons that'll be a little thinner. Maybe they did that. I'm not necessarily against that. Um, but the distinction that we made earlier this morning is that this is a season, not a, not a DLC, and we just have to start to align our expectations that a lot of the criticisms I see people making about the substance of the content and the amount of the content and what we're getting, a lot of it seems rooted in this assumption that seasons should look more like uh, they should look more like a uh, like a DLC, and that's just where you have to you have to admit that we're in a different era. Number one, it's not like we were getting DLCs as often as we're getting seasons in the past anyway. So even if you're trying to compare it to some ideal that you have in your mind, it's not like we've downgraded. Like, well, they used to. I think people are forgetting that Rise of Iron, you know, vendor updates weren't that impressive. 90% of the loot wasn't worth getting. There was no intentional grind at those vendors. And then after Rise of Iron, we didn't get anything for an entire year. Same with Taken King. So we spent less money and we got less content and we got no trickle. Uh, and a lot of the vendor updates that people look back on with rose colored glasses was just a bunch of junk that you never ever went and grabbed. Um, I think people might also be remembering all the vendor updates with a little inaccuracy. They were doing vendor rerolls every week, and I think people are remembering, oh, every Tuesday I could go to the tower and check all the rolls. I don't think that's a quality grind. I think that's a very stupid grind. Um, I would rather be chasing loot in an activity that's generous like Vex Offensive or Menagerie or Sundial. Uh, I would say those are better uh, options for loot pursuit and loot grind. Um as opposed to just standing in the tower uh, and and waiting for you know waiting for God rolls, uh, I, I don't think that that is I don't think that's the ideal. So 
the, the a lot of times I'm wondering sometimes if people people that say I contradict myself in my comments and stuff I'm wondering if sometimes they hear a video where I'm like man it'd be great for vendors to get some attention and that doesn't mean I want vendors to get attention at the loss of content in other places or at the loss of content uh, in in the season itself because the seasons the seasons are going to need to be you know thin and rhythmic and trickle and if if we're begging for things that work against that then we may be actually like asking for stuff that's 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 counter to uh, the structure of the game now we're, we're in a seasonal drip feed not a DLC pattern so we're not getting big DLCs every every four months or whatever we're getting DLC we're getting seasonal drip feed which is a different structure which means the substance and the quantity are going to go down a little bit but the, as long as the quality is there I think that's what's important uh, next question from Slipknot do you think Bungie bringing characters who only existed in the lore into live in the game is something people enjoy? Should Bungie do more often, do this more often, or do you think it's only generated so much hype because it's Saint 14? Well, Saint 14 is obviously, in some respects, he's a little bit more special uh, than some of the other characters they brought in because the helm of Saint 14 was a, you know, that was a that was a great. Uh, exotic in Destiny One. I they, that was I didn't take mine off. I mean, I remember wearing that in Crota. I remember wearing that in Vog. Well, maybe not Vog. I don't remember when it showed up. Actually, was it a, was it Year One? I mean, obviously Year One. If I was wearing it during Crota, but um, I don't remember if it was prior to that. But in in any case, it's been around for a long time. And I re- like I remember standing in. I remember standing in the Crota raid with the the awesome uh, sun setting sun or whatever it was called. You know, uh, Aeris had a really really good shader, and I remember having that shader and being annoyed that it didn't affect Saint Fourteen and the pink racing stripe. I remember being so annoyed by that, and now having like backstory to that and understanding why that. Well, it's not pink. I guess it's supposed to be purple. Understanding the, the you know the, the the purple racing stripe and why it's there and you know why he likes that you know why he likes purple or whatever i don't know i think i think that's cool um i think that's cool that they did that and should they do more of it yeah sure why not you know dad aim i am telling you dude the worst this is the worst one where you have to get the crits with the snipers on fallen they literally every time you go to take aim they slide out of the way like every freaking time they're so tilting to try to get sniper crit shots on i swear i could snipe a guardian easier than a dadgum fallen for crit shots like i'm telling you i could it's like they know the minute they're they know the minute they're in the crosshairs uh, and you have to like predict where they're gonna slide to because as soon as you aim at them, they they literally run away from where your crosshair is. They don't stand and try to shoot. And when they do, you gotta take the shot. You gotta like bait them to volley some shots and then take your shot as fast as you possibly can. <laughs> so, uh, rain uh, rain two says, how do you feel about the lopsided ritual weapon grinds? Last season took forever to acquire. This season can be finished in just over an hour. Um, more than likely, they're deciding to... I think they want that front-heavy nature to be there. And I think the reason is 
if you go for the buzzard or you go for the um I forget the, the the shotgun is like it's something about a snake or a viper or something to shoot I forget the name of it python maybe uh, you know the shotgun from Gambit or whatever if you get that you know day one week one whatever it's the py- it's python thank you um it's coding it's coding language uh, if you get that week one day one that's probably a fonder memory than a lot of us have with previous pinnacle and ritual weapon grinds and they probably want you to have fond memories of the seasonal structure and the loot pursuit than to feel like what the frick this is so irritating like you know like nobody looks back and has fond memories of going for breakneck uh it's that was a rough one that was a rough one to go for um there we go a little three tap that that one was not fun and it was just it was just non-stop it was a slog a lot of people just were a, a lot of people were afking uh the breakneck one cuz it was it was so long um I got Lep got an old fashioned from leveling up an obelisk. Yeah, I think the obelisks are just world drop uh, exotics. I'm sorry, I'm world drop legendaries. I've I've gotten um, I've gotten some I've gotten some cool weapon. I'm sorry, I've gotten a bunch of the like world drop armor uh, from it. Uh, so yeah, for those of you that don't know, the old fashioned's back with random rolls, and uh, that's exciting for me because I love the old fashioned. <laughs> I've been calling for that thing to come back for so long. I think it's such a spicy weapon. I think they would have been better off bringing back the Lincoln Green since pulse rifles are, are going to get some focus with the artifact mods. I think bringing back the Lincoln Green would have been preferable since hand cannons are taking a bit of a backseat with the artifact. Uh, but I'll take whatever I'll take whatever we can get. I think they can bring back some of those classic year one weapons that we like and give them the year the year two year three treatment. Then I think that's exciting. Um. So yeah, I think if if I'm Bungie and and I'm and I'm trying to make people enjoy the seasonal format, I think it's clear that they make things front heavy. They make things really front heavy. I mean, I claim this and I get this, I get all this, I get just armor just immediately. Um, you know, I'm just immediately buried in armor. Oh, I was a 59. I probably shouldn't have deleted that. Um, so it, they want it to feel front heavy. And if you have a fond memory of every season. Uh, that was another 59 that I deleted, whatever. Uh, every season you log in that first day, that first week, and you're getting exotics, you're getting helmets, you're getting cool stuff. Well, I think they would prefer you feel that as opposed to feeling like, um, you know, what's the point? You could get Lincoln Green year one. I don't think you understood what I was saying. Year one weapons have come back that now have random rolls and mod slots. And they could have brought back the Lincoln Green so they could roll randomly and use the mod slots from the artifact as well as just mods in general i am well aware that i could use the lincoln green year one i i wouldn't know about it if it wasn't available year one that's i don't really know why you're pointing that out to me cover two with 31 months and five months from kakita um so they want it to feel front heavy that first month is probably the biggest the biggest engagement boost they get especially even that first week and that first day and if you log in and feel like it's an awesome time, you know, you're going to remember that next season. You're going to remember that the next time they crank out a season, you're going to be like, yeah, 10 bucks. You know, I had a really fun time last time. I got a bunch of new stuff. I got a bunch of new weapons. Um, I got, I got the rituals, you know, and especially when, you know, the one rituals has like the new, it has new perks on it. Um, so 
that's likely the format they're going for. I don't think anybody's like gonna be mad. Like, I can't believe they made rituals easier to get, uh, especially after some of the grinds from last season. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like especially after some of the grinds from last season. I don't think they're gonna. They're, I don't think they're gonna suddenly. Uh, revert to that. I think they're trying to probably move the grind forward a little bit so it doesn't feel like that. Um, uh, Zareason says, Thoughts on having only two timelines in the sundial? We might get more encounters down the line how the arena and the first boss are tied to an encounter. I was told that there were four potential times we were going to go to. Didn't they say that in the one stream? I thought they said that in the one stream that there was going to be uh, four potential timelines that could happen, uh, and they were gonna they were gonna randomize at the beginning, and that was that was how they were gonna do it. I think this I think this guy glitches out because of the barrel. He like gets stuck on the barrel, so I can't predict any of his movement. I thought they said there was gonna be four timelines, uh, and that they would randomize at the beginning. Um, so the. Uh, the bosses are going to trickle out. Now, I would assume that if you're going to trickle out bosses, there's going to be some type of differences in them, or at the very least, they could have some unique drops. I don't know if they're going to do something like that, but they could, you know, they could hopefully maybe give us some unique drops with the bosses as a reason to care each week. Like if it's just like the Undying Mind and nothing really changes and the fights are basically the same, uh, then that's that's not going to be that great. Also, Legend, like we don't know what Legend holds. Um, we have no idea what they're going to do with legend. Are they going to give us a reason to grind legend other than stupid low drop swords like they had? I guess the swords drop better from Menagerie Heroic now, but Melmsy, as you said yesterday, they likely scrapped Arms Week and reused the assets in the Eververse. Is that worrisome for free events future, or do you think it would won't be a trend? Well, this happens in gaming all the time. So there's going to be people in the YouTube comments that hear me say this and they're going to be like, yep, Bungie apologist, always giving Bungie the benefit of the doubt. That was scummy for them to do that. Okay, first of all, just stop before you even type that. And here's why. Arms Week was data mined, okay? And that's why you don't trust data mines. So was Solar Week. Solar Week was also data mined and that's why you don't trust data mines that's why you don't get hyped about data mines because data mines aren't a promise from the developer they're some dude combing over thousands of lines of code and finding something in there that could have been a placeholder it could have been a concept that never got off the ground conceptual phase of it was like hey it'd be cool to do an arms week and have Amalon and Vice and and Suros themed stuff and they're like, yeah, that sounds great. We'll have the art department cook some stuff up. And then it never goes anywhere. It never goes anywhere. And they're like, well, we have these assets. Let's do something with them. Wouldn't you rather them take you know, something that was potentially in its conceptual phase and never got off the ground like Arms Week that was data mined? Wouldn't you rather them put that in the Eververse than, I don't know, like what we had last season where it seemed like they took stuff right out of the pool of what could have been potentially there for the raid or the strike, you know, the new strike, the Hashladoon strike, you know, there were a variety of things in the, in the Eververse that seemed like they could have been in the base game loot pool and they weren't. I would rather be like, oh, look, a Viced, a Viced Sparrow, an Amalon Sparrow, and Viced and Amalon armor sets in the Eververse. That's cool. It's not tied to the game. Like, as far as, like, there's not a, there's not a vendor, 
there's not a loot pool there's not an activity that that's attached to it's just that's a flourish that's a vanity item that's a decorative thing that if you really really like it go for it man go buy it right I'd much rather that than, and we said this in our Eververse talk, it was like, if you're going to do something, then you better not take the ship that looks like the divinity or the sparrow that looks like the divinity and make it silver only, because those items felt like they could have been in the raid loot pool as a grind, kind of like the Nano Phoenix originally was, right? The Nano Phoenix was originally, you know, was one of the things that people did and grinded for near the end of Wrath, because there was nothing else to really go for. So, um, you know, this season blows facts. Your argument is pathetic and weak facts. Like just saying something blows. I mean, I guess so does your feedback. So I guess you're in good company then maybe buy the, the content and you and the content can be buddies since you have that in common. Um, Gritter, how are you liking the new osmosis perk? It's a good addition to elemental primaries. I think it could be experimentation. Um, they can see, okay, number one, how do people respond to osmosis? Number two, what does it do to the content? Because every time I brought up true elemental primary so I can have Arc Solar Void on all three weapons, every time I brought it up, people are like, that'll trivialize the content, Lono. It'll make stuff too easy. You're already seeing how not true that statement is. That's just not true. There's literally no way you can assert that having elements on a gun to pop shields is going to trivialize the content. It just it just simply is not true. Um, it it it's probably mathematically like provably false. You know what I mean? Um, so I would I would say I would say that this could be experimentation. It could be a time. Now the only problem is if they ever if they ever were to bring back. Uh, elemental primaries they would undercut that perk that perk would have to be well no that perk could still be valuable because then you could say you can change the element of a gun a gun with that perk active to whatever you want on the fly if need be so if you're running a solar subclass and the gun's default you they would they would assign like a default element to it and then you could change it on the fly that would still be uh that would still be potentially helpful so the, uh, the person that said this season is sucks says grinding the obelisk ranks is all we got that is new you're asleep my friend um, there's a brand new activity called the sundial there were story missions and new complete completely new missions we've never played with saint 14 uh, there's a whole new area where you go and you interact with Osiris and there's whole new loot pools and new perks new mod system on the armor um, I don't know you're asleep at the wheel my friend um, so it was ten dollars. If 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 you like Destiny, for ten dollars you got new loot pools, new activities, new grinds, new story. You got a lot of the things that are part and parcel to the experience of Destiny. If it wasn't enough, go the frick somewhere else and play something else. Uh, no one really cares about the opinion of someone who is just going to incessantly complain. Like go play another game. Then I genuinely believe that at this point, the people that come back every time there's new content and do nothing but complain. I just don't think you can admit the fact that you don't like Destiny anymore, right? Like, if you like Destiny, we got more Destiny, right? If you like pizza, and you spend $10, and I give you more pizza, and you're like, well, it's only three slices, I wanted a full pie, well, it's more pizza, right? Like, we got more pizza, we got more Destiny, like, I, I don't know. What story missions did we get? I did one where I interacted with Saint, that I didn't, uh, that I, d- I don't want to spoil. 
and there's pro and there's going to be another one next week. I thought there were two story missions that we did, aren't there? I did the one where I go and I do something with Saint, and I don't want to tell you what it is because it's actually pretty cool. Um, and I thought there was one before that. So I don't know. How many times are we expected to pay X for 40% recycled material, 40% same areas and mobs, 20% new creative content? However, a portion of that is to fix their systems that didn't work. Again, you might need to invest in a calculator. We have almost nothing recycled. Sundial is brand new. Most of the new weapons, I would say 70% of the new weapons are new. There's also new exotics. There's new exotics that we can't even get yet because they're on the schedule. Uh, Completely new area with new fights. I don't know. I think you're bad at math. Maybe get an abacus or something because you might need to visually like slide the dice back and forth. Like, I don't think so. I, I don't think your math checks out. There is way more new this season than what you're claiming. It's not recycled. Now, if you're going to claim recycled assets, recycled mobs, again, you don't like Destiny. The game's been out for five years, and whenever they do DLC content, new stuff, new raids, new whatever, they use the enemies and they use those assets. So again, I think you either need to come to grips with the fact that you're not a fan of Destiny, or maybe you're just trolling. It's one or the other. I just don't know how you can get five years into a franchise and continue, continue, continue to complain in the same tired, worn out, boring way about stuff that they've been doing for five years. If you don't like it, then you're the psychotic person that just continues to come back and expect different results. This is how they expand destiny. Accept it. Or like I said, go play something else. Find another hobbyist game that for $10 every three months, you can play for hundreds of hours. Go find it. Go see if you can. And when you can't, come crawling back and complain about reskins. Like, I think that's generally what happens. I think people scour the earth trying to find a game that does for them what Destiny does, and they can't. And then they come back, and they feel like it just it just isn't enough, they don't add enough things, and then they just complain anyway. I just, I don't know, I feel like you've fallen out of love with Destiny, and that's totally fine. You're allowed to fall out of love with games. I played Call of Duty way too much for 10 years, and I can't touch the game anymore. I just don't enjoy myself. I stopped playing Call of Duty because I saw what it was doing to me. I was always negative. I was always complaining. I was always angry. I was not enjoying myself. And I literally stopped playing Call of Duty for that reason after a decade. And I think some people are in the exact same dadgum scenario. You've been playing Destiny for five years and you just can't come to the grips with the fact that this game doesn't scratch you where you itch anymore. And so you complain and you act like Bungie's lazy, scummy, or trying to rip you off when the reality is they're offering way more content for pennies on the hour than almost any other developer out there so you aren't a fan of destiny anymore is what i genuinely think i think a lot of these complaints stem from a lack of love for the franchise in the game you have just you have fallen out it's a franchise fatigue uh it's it's maybe a gaming fatigue maybe you just play way too much maybe you need to play games less and you're just always trying to squeeze games dry, and you, you're you're experiencing a burnout. Um, so, Bungie's been crap ever since Taken King quit defending them. Just get out of my chat. You're just here to grind a negative axe and to complain and hurl insults. So, if they've been crap since Taken King, then you're an idiot for continuing to pay attention to the game. How stupid could one person be? Like, really. Uh, they've been bad for three years but I just keep buying the content anyway well then you're the moron seriously you're the moron Wrath of the Machine and Rise of Iron and Age of Triumph were some of the most praised times in the game by the way so 
out of touch much jeepers um next question from rain 2.0 do you how do you think hunter needs to return pvp prominence warlock and titan have received several quality improvements Oh, I hit the freaking roof. I wasn't paying attention because of the question. Uh, I'm dumb. I'm so dumb. <laughs> uh, uh, bring them to equilibrium. Yeah, the hunter feels like a spectral. It's not compared to your thoughts. I don't have enough background and call in, in the PvP realm to, to comment here, but I think you're overstating how hunters aren't good. I think hunter is one of the stronger classes in PvP in general. Um, and I think the throwing knife potentially could become really disgusting as the season goes on and people get good with it. Um, so I'm just going to glide over your question because I think this is more of a biased opinion that I don't even necessarily is backed by, by facts. I think you could make a pretty strong factual argument about the strength of the hunter in PvP and the utility of the hunter in PvP. Um, Dark Seraphim. Do you think the trend will continue with the season passes going back to the old DLC? Season 3 and 4 uh, being in the Forsaken and Shadow Keep stuff and exploring the lore mentioned and the 999 having a big place. That's a lie. The 999 thing's a lie. That's in a book of lies, basically, is what we've been told. I think it'll be a good way to reset power level and overhaul the game for year four. Um, do you think the trend will continue with the season passes going back to old DLC? Well, yeah, I bet you we revisit. I bet you Mars and Escalation Protocol come into play next season. I bet. I bet that. I bet that's something that they decide to do. Uh, CEK Kingdom. I think the season is a great value for ten dollars so far. One of the coolest things to me is the war is the wave frame grenade launcher. I love when they create non traditional style weapons because it adds weapons like this. Do you think that becomes more taxing to balance when the risk outweighs the reward? Well, I mean, I I think something Bungie needs to focus on with weapons is utility. And then that that's I think that's probably less risky to break PvP. I think when they focus on damage, that's when pe- that's when things go awry. Uh, that's when things break down. But utility, like blinding grenades on the Wendigo, that ain't breaking PvP, man. But it's hugely influential when you're going for nightmare hunt master level time trials. Okay. So if I'm Bungie, I would just brainstorm about utility. What can we add to weapons that creates utility or something fun that's not damage-based? Like, any suggestion that gets on the table that touches on damage, you gotta kick that off the table. Nope, we're not doing anything with damage. Nope, we're not doing that. It could break PvP, and then it becomes an all-encompassing, one-size-fits-all perk that everybody wants, like when Rampage had its own, its own power creep, and then that's all anybody wanted, right? I would say there are other things they could start to look into. Um, for example, you could do area of effect. Just come up with as many ideas as you can for area of effect, okay? Area of effect could do explosions with dot damage. Area of effect could cause an explosion to put something on the ground that's dot damage if they walk through it. Uh, entanglements, you could have, like, if you shoot this enemy with enough of the auto rifle, it creates an entanglement explosion, because that's, you know, that could be like an elemental thing, like a mini tether. Um, da- you know, damage over time, you, burn damage could be put on them. And again, this isn't going to mess with PvP, because you can't shoot things that long enough in PvP to proc a lot of the things that I'm talking about. So just spend an entire day coming up with area of effect ideas. Like if you do enough damage with this gun, it shoots a um, it shoots a telemetry round that pulls everyone into it. 
uh, and then that becomes a, that becomes a strategy, right? You pull everybody in, and then you can use the grenade launcher. You could do it. You could do it to like a major, right? You pull everybody into the major, and then the major is like standing there, and then you shoot him with a grenade. And when you hit him with that, it pulls everything. You see what I'm saying? Crowd control effects, area of area of effects, stuff like that. Those would be utility based. You'd go into certain environments and be like, "Well, this is really helpful in this spot," and. A lot of this doesn't really matter when you're running meat and potatoes content. Public events, strikes, lost sectors, you're kind of like, why would I need any of that stuff? But when you start to tip over into the action MMO feel of the game, I think that's when these things start to get footing. For example, when we were doing the Master Level Nightmare Hunt time trials, I think that's the best glimpse that we're getting into how this game can feel like an action MMO where you're changing your loadout and you're using things that are utility based. Where you, We were using Wendigo. I was using Ariana's Vow. We were using finishers because you would get some tanky enemy down to be finishable and then you would finish. There were people running finishers that the reason they were running the finishers is because they could get the uh, they could get their um, they could get their freaking uh, special ammo back. And so that that's why they were running finishers. So those are all things that you're doing in that content that guns with utility could start to come in and lend a helping hand. But you're never going to feel that pain and that need to run something utility based until you go into content that's like that. Content where the difficulty's been scaled up, the mechanics have been scaled up, the pain of champions, the pain of modifiers requires you to think about how you're going to be doing that. And I think that's where uh, that's where the game's future lies. I, I do believe that. I believe the difficulty spectrum of Nightmare Hunts at Master gave us a glimpse into the game's future. And when they do that, well, now you're not just looking for a weapon with a damage perk. I need a damage perk. I need a damage perk. Nope. I'm looking for a weapon with this utility like Osmosis or some of the other ones we're seeing like Vorpal. The Vorpal perk gives you increased damage against vehicles and bosses and then a guardian in their super. What the frick am I going to use that for? I don't know, but they could create content where you're going to be really, really glad that you have the Vorpal perk. Whether there could be environments where uh, you know the the, the, bo- the boss could take no no damage from heavy weapons or something or they or they steal ammo from you you could do stuff like that you could have like ammo stealing mechanics where you have to rely on your primaries and if you have to rely on your primaries that would feel kind of weird but with vorpal Vorpal could make the difference. You could have encounters where there's lots of vehicles for some other reason. You're like, why the frick are there vehicles here? Man, we're going to want some of those Vorpal perks to take out these vehicles. What you can do is, it's... This is similar, but not really... It's not really similar, but you get the, you'll get you get a picture of it. When you play a Metroidvania game, and you see a pain point, and you can't answer that pain point, the example that I would give is wall running in Jedi Fallen Order. You're like, I want to get over there, and I can't. And then when you get wall run, and you come back, that is so, so satisfying. Metroidvania games, I think, are going to be... I, I think they're going to be on the rise. They're going to be on the rise. Control did it, Jedi Fallen Order did it, and Ori of the Blind Forest, Ori and the Will of the Wisps is right around the corner. I think developers get more uh, capital out of what they build because they can build one area and get a lot of capital out of it. They can build versions of enemies and get a lot of capital out of those enemies. And it's they're getting better use of their development time. 
And I think Bungie can start to do similar things. Create a pain point that is then met by the utility of a weapon, the abundance of vehicles, bosses that you can't damage with supers or heavy weapons, so you start relying on weapons that are primaries or secondaries that have Vorpal, things like that. That is where I think the action MMO future is for Destiny. And the example I'll give you is Champions. You go into really tough content and Bungie created a pain point called Champions. And you have an answer to that pain point in your loadout. And you have a variety of ways to choose to do that. It's not like you have to use this thing. It's no, you got to use this mod and you can use it in a variety of ways. You can use Ariana's Vow. You can throw the mod on some of your guns. You can, you know, you can do a couple of different things. That is exactly where I think the game needs to go. In the end game, Mean Potatoes content, the the beauty of this game is Mean Potatoes content, you can run whatever the frick you want. You can run a, a, a blue weapon, a purple weapon, an exotic weapon, it doesn't matter. Public events, lost sectors, and strikes, the, 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 the Mean Potatoes content, you can play with virtually whatever you want. Whatever super, it doesn't matter. The content's very, very it's just there okay that's why menagerie was such a big hit i think that's why the sundial is probably going to be a big hit as well because you can just go in and play virtually with whatever you want and if you want to increase expediency and efficiency you can maximize your loadout play with the team play organized beat it faster get guns faster that's a great spectrum for a player base that has a lot of casuals as well as hardcores or as we called them the casual passionates the people that are passionate about the game and love the game but they can't play as much as me but they still love the game and they want to play when they can and they want it to be an enjoyable experience. Casual passionates, I think, make up a significant portion of the community. They play a couple hours a night or a couple hours a week and they absolutely love Destiny. They're passionate about it, but they're their moms and their dads and they're working double shifts and they're college students and they, they can only play so much. But they still love the game as much as the rest of us. Um, so I would I would say that that's where things need to go. That's where that's where things need to go. So whenever there's non-traditional style weapons like we're starting to see, that's where my mind goes. I go to that experience I had in Shadowkeep, Master Level Nightmare Hunts, Time Trials, running Wendigo, Ariana's Vow, and using finishers as a utility. I thought finishers were stupid until I got into that content. I was like, holy frick, finishers are really, really helpful. Um, so... I, I would say I would say just keep doing that. If I'm on the bungee weapon team, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be constantly brainstorming about what utility can we bring to the game? What can we bring to the game to increase utility of the weapons? So now we've got all this leveled up. Increased chance to find additional polarized fractaline when completing gambit matches. I don't know why the frick they're making us go into gambit. Um does I wonder does the Mars one I wonder what the Mars one the Mars one's probably different um we're gonna go check that one now uh so um T-Main Lono how do you feel about the elemental capacitor capacitor perk elemental capacitor is weird because I don't know it's related to your subclass right if you're running a solar arc or void subclass, you get a benefit on the gun. Isn't that how it works? I think that's how it works. Um, the Mars one's crucible. Okay, so the other ones will probably be better. I'm assuming Earth is strikes. Earth or Nessus is strikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll probably have one be strikes, maybe one be sundial. Um, right, so 
for those of you who don't know, Elemental Capacitor gives you its stability, stability, reload, or handling. Are those the three it affects depending on the but depending on the element that you have? Um, oh no, one of them's reload. Solar is basically outlaw. Okay, so it's re- is it is it is it reload, stability, and handling? I think. I think that's what it is. And so the weapon gets better reload stability or handling depending on the subclass that you're running. My only thought process there is that's an entire perk. Just just think about that with me here. That's an entire perk. So there are perks like Demolitionist. There are perks like Multi-Kill Clip and Swashbuckler. And you're going to be running a perk that is that is what? Like a little extra reload stability or handling and it's not all the time let's say it's it is it's great reload speed but you switch your subclass and you lose it like i i think it's cool to see it, it's cool to see it be that creative um it's cool to see them be creative like that i don't know how much traction it's going to get <laughs> i don't i don't i really don't i don't know how much traction it's going to get I, I can see a lot of people being like, "Well, that's just the stupidest thing ever." Like, why am I? Why am I gonna? Why am I gonna go for that? Um, so I, I can see a lot of people just ignoring it and or being like, "Ah, that's not that's not that great." Again, I want to applaud Bungie for their creativity and going the route of like, "Hey, let's do fun things with elements." I'm like, "Yes, please do." more of that like fun things with elemental perks is really exciting to see it's exciting to see elemental perks like osmosis elemental perks like the one we just outlined the one in this question um i i I would i'm gonna continue to say please please more but i'm gonna say "Eh, this one's kind of a throwaway um i don't you know i don't really i don't really i don't think a lot of people are gonna fall in love with it the way they're probably gonna fall in love with vorpal or osmosis that's probably always going to happen though, right? You're going to have a spectrum of good, you know, bad to good to great perks. You can't always have every perk be uh, unbelievable, but back to what I was saying just moments ago, this is why utility perks could be so exciting because then it's a matter of it's not necessarily a bad perk, it's a perk that fulfills a particular role. Um, a brand new prime sub from Taco Cat. Thank you. Enjoy your dope badge and emotes and enjoy ad-free viewing. Uh, appreciate you being here. You guys will will not see ads here as a sub. If you're sick of seeing ads, you can uh, you can sub and, and bypass them. Hip fire with demolitions is not bad, but it's not a rapid fire frame, so I don't know if I would ever use that. I was really hoping to get another another old fashioned. <laughs> Periodically, I'm probably just gonna stop here at Rahul, dump some legendary shards in him, and see if we can't get an old fashioned to drop. Unfortunately, I have more than enough weapon materials uh, to do it. Um, uh, but unfortunately, it, it's they seem to only be. Oh, I got another one of those. I just got one of those. Uh, seems like the old fashioned's only coming from Rahul. Biggest problem here is is you're you're also then pulling armor, so you can't just tell Rahul to give you um, to give you weapons. Uh, well, there's a nice one. Hip fire with backup plan and charge time uh, for a for a high impact. That's not bad. Uh, we definitely don't want to hurt. Ooh, we can increase range too. That's a lot of range. That's not bad. That's not bad. We might have to we don't have to mess around with that one. Um, 
I don't think I would want Demolitionist on a secondary. I think Demolitionist makes more sense on a primary. So let's just go ahead and do... Let's just go ahead and do that for the glimmer. Um, so it's no Arenzel. Yeah, you know. Alright, one more. One more for good luck to see if we can... Frick. Oh, we got the Uriels, though. We got the Uriels. That's another one that came back. And we got it with Field Prep. Tap the trigger. Yeah, we didn't get a very good roll on it either. We can definitely push range with Armor Piercing and Range Masterwork. Um, this could potentially be a really, really good roll uh, for, for Crucible because you get the short period of stability on the initial trigger pull. Um, yeah, I think the thing that really hurts it is field prep. You don't really need field prep on an auto rifle. Uh, so. Okay, uh, next question. Sorry, Sworn Enemy. Don't you think that D2 became buggy a lot more since they're not with Activision? I, this is a complete mis... Uh, What's the word? You're attributing it. Is that a word? Attribute... Frick. Whatever. You're attributing it to the wrong thing. Uh, you're attributing it to the wrong thing. I don't think them leaving Activision is why this happened. Uh, I think I think that when they went free to play, something happened internally. I don't know what they did in the background when they launched um, when they launched cross save. No, I'm sorry, not free to play. When the, misappropriation, is that it? I don't think that's it either. Mis- that's to appropriate something. Anyway, um, when they launched cross save, they did something internally. I don't know what they did. They did something to allow it. They did something to um, they they did something internally that caused a rise. It, it caused a rise in 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 problems and connectivity issues. I am I am constantly having issues now that I did not have before. Uh, and you know I I don't want to I, I just I don't want to buy into this idea and this mantra that like oh it's because of Activision oh it's because of Steam oh it's because of this. Um. There, there is, there is a difference between um, attribution error. Yeah, it's like yeah, attribution error. I guess would be what we're doing. It is definitely correlation, not causation. It, there's no way to prove it. I just know they announced cross save, and the next week, I mean, the very next week, I would go to the tower empty. Cabbage error, kick to orbit. Play with my friends, kick to orbit. Shadow keep came out, and it got. It feels like it got worse. That could have been a rise in player base, which makes instancing struggle or something, and maybe that's why that's happening. It's struggling to instance people accurately. Then I have people that are like, I never have any problems. That always happens, right? Anytime you're having a technical issue, you know, Johnny Perfect Experience is always in the chat to chime in, but plenty of people have chimed in and been like, yeah, I'm having this exact same problem. So, I don't know, but... It has nothing to do with Activision. It's not like Activision was sitting in a room somewhere with a bunch of hamsters running so that everything ran smooth. And then as soon as they broke ties with Activision, they're like, yep, pull the plug. Yep, stop that. And then everything got bad. Like, that's not that's not exactly how it went down. I am Skolas. Do you think it's possible we are getting the same difficulty spectrum as the Nightfall? I asked because the triumph for Legendary Scion says kill him on Legend difficulty or higher. Well, that's interesting. It says or higher. Um, I yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it, there there is. It is just legend uh, on the on the schedule. Uh, they could do something more with it. 
maybe they have plans in the future to do something more I, I honestly don't know it's not on the calendar so I'm not going to put a whole lot of stock in thinking that they're going to be doing something um, you know like it, that I, I would I would say um, it's unlikely if they were going to do master yeah master's higher than legend it's unlikely they would not tell us I don't know why you wouldn't slap master on there unless it's going to be you know staggered out or something uh, and they didn't have that. Maybe they didn't have room on the thing. Um, we had two resubs come in data bear with two months and 25 months from, uh, rogue Calypso. Thank you for more than two years of support. I appreciate that very, very much. Um, so a Johnny, the cat King, do you think Skyburner's oath will be good in the sundial since it's all cabal? I think Skyburner's is trash. I don't think it needs, it needs more help than just increased damage to cabal. If you're slapping on an exotic, it needs to do a whole lot more than what Skyburner's brings to the table. Um, so, and someone in chat saying the numbers didn't go up much yesterday. I guess people didn't come back. Well, I I said this when people are like, what do you think Bungie's goal is with this season pass and free to play and everything? Uh, I said this in previous videos. I said, I think Bungie's goal is to get a really, really healthy player base and maintain. I don't think they want this crazy spike where it's really, really crazy the first week and then it quickly, quickly dies off. I said, I think I, I, I did. I said this. I said the way they're structuring it for the $10 and the way that, you know, it's 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 more of a trickle. It's not going to be quite as substantive to me. It felt more like they were going for maintaining really, really healthy numbers as opposed to trying to create this environment where come back, come back and play destiny. Come back, come back, come back. Like, you know, let's get as many people as we can to possibly come back. Like I'm not saying they don't want people to come back. I'm saying the marketing seems more focused on getting you to steadily play. And the people that, 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 you know, come back will, um, so crazy spikes usually led to salt fest afterwards yeah because people all come back and like it's gonna be amazing dude it's gonna be so hype and then they come back and they're like typical bungee it's not that great this is lame and so this time around they didn't market super crazy hard the stream was a little weird it, you know they said they were gonna leave a lot of the discovery up uh, up for us bugsy <laughs> mm. um and i i think that that was their goal we just want to we just want a very very steady player base we're not trying to create this this massive influx every single time and i think in some respects they're they've been very very successful with player base numbers uh over a million in pve and over a million in pvp i don't know i don't know where you pulled the numbers usually the day after a launch um destiny tracker doesn't work usually you can't pull the numbers um yeah, like right now, PC Online is 100,000 uh, players for PC. Oh no, yesterday was 991,000 and Crucible was 800,000. Um, I didn't expect Crucible to spike because I didn't do much for Crucible, but PvE st- staying right around the million the million people a day number is, is usually pretty typical. Also, day one's usually not the most indicative. Um, I literally just got hit by that thing a second time like the very very next time I went around I got hit by another one uh, like right on time it's like they're it's like they're targeting me um, I didn't expect PVE I'm sorry PVE numbers don't always spike really high the first day because of maintenance maintenance turns a lot of people off 
they boot up the game and they're like, oh, there's maintenance. I guess I'll play tomorrow. They don't sit around and wait, right? You've got to think whenever there's maintenance, there's a, there's a giant block of people. There's a hundred thousand people playing right now. Okay. Right now on PC, PC alone, there's a hundred thousand people playing. So you got to consider if for an hour, those hundred thousand people can't play and that's just PC, how many of those people are like, eh, I'll play tomorrow, I gotta go to work, I gotta go to class, I gotta do this thing, I gotta put the kids to bed, you know, whatever the case may be. So, it's, maintenance usually has an effect. I think tomorrow we'll maybe get a better picture of what the numbers look like. Also, the weekend is even, is usually even better. Uh, You you get an even better picture of what the numbers look like on the weekend because more people can play. Uh, random viewer in your stream. Hey, do you know if I need to own Shadowkeep to be able to access the new content? As far as I know, you don't need to own it. No, this is a la carte stuff. You can just buy it for the 10. Um, somebody might have to correct me in chat if I'm wrong on that. I didn't think you needed to own anything to buy this. You have base game, right? Yeah, I think I think a new light player can just grab it. Um, wasn't PlayStation not able to play at dawn launch? PlayStation always struggles too. That's another thing. I think the biggest portion of this of this of this um, community is plays on PlayStation, and they always have to do that stupid copying crap. So whenever there's an update, you're talking about for some people if they have medium speeds, you're talking about hours where they can't play the game. Not only through the maintenance, but also they literally can't boot the game up and play. It's the it's it's their I believe it's their top platform. And they literally can't play. They have to do that copying stuff. Um, so, if you if you're laughing because I said top top platform, I mean you can laugh at facts. P- PS4 has always had the most players, so I guess laugh all you want. Um, blowing blowing dodo says, do you think since the crucible ritual weapons is a linear fu- fu- a linear fu- fusion rifle, the abundance of people using arbalist will get very tiring to play against right now I think it's kind of cute, but I see them making the regular crucible playlist very stale. I don't really care. I mean just play and get over it. It's not gonna take that long for people to get it uh, and then you know they'll move on and play with some play with something else. I mean, I don't know. They're going to use something. They're going to use a weapon. You know, there's a lot of trends in the Crucible right now. Does it really matter? You know, um, I said PC was top console. I was laughing at myself. Oh, you were laughing at yourself. Okay, sorry. I thought you were laughing at me. I was like, nah, man. PS4 has been top dog for a long time. PC has more players. Well, you know what? You know what? New Light probably changed things because New Light free-to-play games are really popular amongst the PC crowd. I bet you PC has more players now. I bet you they do. Even still, PlayStation has a ton of freaking players. Prior to New Light, they were always the top. So all those players, a lot of the times when there's new content, they can't play because of the copying stuff. That's a huge amount of people that couldn't potentially play yesterday during their normal play session. So we'll check the numbers, you know, the weekend and next week, and we'll see where it lands. I'm not concerned. I think I think a million a day in both hoppers or close to a million a day in both hoppers is totally fine and healthy. I, that's a lot of games five years into their franchise aren't even alive, let alone having that many people logging in and playing. Dr. Laz, thoughts on longevity in the sundial grind? Gotta get more into it. That We looked at it today. It does seem like the further you get in the season and the season pass and the further you get on the obelisks, uh, the better the better the grind's going to be. 
Uh, so your grind of the sundial is going to probably be really, really efficient at the end of the season. And at the beginning, it'll be a little bit slower. And I think that natural trend upwards is a smart play on Bungie's part. So number one, right now, we're going to spend the front half of our season mixing it up. A little bit of sundial, a little bit of obelisks. The obelisks release, you know, we don't even get them all right away. A little bit of campaign. Um, and then as things go, your obelisks will slowly all be upgraded. Your season pass will get near the end of itself. And then you'll spend the back half of the season grinding the sundial the most. And that's when they launch legend. That's when all the bosses are out. Um, and that's when you're really, really going to be going for the the grind will be more rewarding then because the way it works is you get more weapons at the end and stuff, the higher your obelisk ranks are and stuff and the higher you are on the season pass. So I actually think they've structured it very, very smart because people yesterday was like, well, why are you running this and not the sundial? And it's like Bungie always does, I think a pretty good job of being thoughtful about that. We don't want people playing only sundial, right? Um, eight hours a day. Because you're going to get burned out. You're going to get burned out if that's all you're doing, right? If all you're doing is sundial, sundial, sundial. So they build a natural trajectory where the front half of the season, you're mixing it up. You're also trying to probably level the season pass and your artifact. So you're probably grabbing bounties and doing those as well. Doing some crucible, doing some strikes, doing some, you know, some public space stuff while leveling up the obelisks as well. And then you're just naturally going to, over time, those four obelisks will take a while to level up all the way. So you'll naturally do that, and there'll be a downward slope of obelisk engagement and an upward slope of sundial engagement. And I, again, think that was a really... That's a smart logistical play. Bungie's great at creating loops and guns and stuff. They, we know they can do that. They can make pretty. They can make pretty ornaments. They can make cool-looking guns. They can make dope perks, amazing subclasses, amazing you know cinematics. But sometimes logistically, they structure things poorly. And I think this time, um, this time I think they've done a good job saying, "Hey, let's structure this in a way where as the season goes, you're naturally trending." toward one activity and then to, toward another and that's a really really good way to keep people from be, getting burned out um, so I think I think it's a, I think it's a really really smart structure just a better chalice in my opinion that's a good way of looking at it they basically took the chalice broke it up into pieces and there's different benefits and different reasons to level it up on each one like I'm just getting to the point where I'm hoping I can get the tangled shore one almost all the way maxed out first week it'll then roughly take me a month to get all of my obelisks all the way leveled up and that's, I, I don't know, I think that's pretty good. I think it's a pretty good uh, structure to the grind. So, um, <clears throat> Bauer, uh, I'm sorry, Bone Arrows says, uh, what should you start on for Season of Dawn leveling the obelisks and sundial or level your power level to max? Just kind of lost. Everything I just talked about is plenty of reason for you to do what you want. Just do what you want. You do what you want. I wouldn't sleep on this, though. Okay? I would not sleep on these things that I've been doing. These weeklies from the obelisks. Don't sleep on those. They're, they, they're, they're a decent play session. It's not it's not that taxing. It is a little bit tedious. But you're running around in Destiny. You're not doing anything particularly challenging. You kind of shut your brain off. And uh, just play some Destiny and get those done. I wouldn't sleep on those because you're just missing out on that currency needed to upgrade the obelisks. So I would at least on one or more characters try to grab those weeklies and do them. If you skip them this week 
and then next week or maybe you only do a couple next week you're going to fall behind and then all your buddies are going to have their obelisks leveled up and they're going to be running sundial and you're going to be you're going to be bumming because you miss out on basically pretty easy currency fallen cabins is a pain though you guys just watched me do it in a lost sector it didn't take me that long at all you know it was tedious that wasn't that bad you can get a bunch of them by the way if you turn help your fellow guardians out turn the walker public event to heroic you idiots turn it heroic quit burning down the first walker if you turn it heroic they drop off a junk ton of captains like two two captains come from a drop ship like every couple of seconds or do the Burguzian forge right you can do that too um yeah there there's a i would say you could run the lost sector loop you could try to get the heroic public event you know there's a variety of things you can do to get the captains in any case in any case the point i was making was try to uh get those weeklies done at the very least do that right now here's the thing while you're doing those weeklies you could be doing other bounties as well i'm not doing a good job of that to be getting the xp to level up the um to level up the artifact and to level up the season pass so you're not really ever spinning your wheels if you're doing something and grabbing bounties because that helps your artifact and that helps your season um so next question from uh we we are bossy uh says any advice on making the attunement of the sky build uh i tried to throw on wings of sacred dawn but after hover while ads it just drops me so i'm having a hard time maintaining flight I don't have any advice here. I don't play that way, and I haven't even messed with it. Captain SRAS. Do you think they misused an opportunity of potential uh, exotic armor that applies to wave frame intrinsic perk with all of the grenade launchers when equipped? Um, this just sounds like you asking, could they have done something very specific that I like? <laughs> uh, so I, I'm just going to say don't. I don't have a comment. Uh, Dark Seraphim. Do you think Bungie is slowly carving a way to fine-tune to fine-tune characters with all the new mods and guns being more efficient to grind? Seems like they're leaning to more of an RPG feel with the intrinsic buffs based on classes and whatnot. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you look at some of the charge with light stuff, there's one where you, like, lose strength to, to, to equip it. So they're definitely going the route of like the min-maxing, the RPG, the you know getting a really solid loadout. There is there is definitely a lean. They're they're leaning toward that. I, I would say they're doing, from what I can tell, they're doing a pretty good job, slowly evolving this game. If they if they suddenly said, here's this elaborate min-maxing, leveling system, and gear equipping system, and loadout system, I think a lot of people would have been like, man. This is like drinking from a fire hose. This is like jumping, you know, from the jacuzzi into a cold pool. This is too different. This is too shocking. I don't like it. Um, but they're slowly, they're slowly adding, uh, adding, you know, bits and pieces and saying, hey, you know, here's something new you can do with armor 2.0 and the artifact. And then this season, they're like, okay, now we're adding charge with light. And then then there's new things on the artifact that you can try uh, and new perks as well on some of the guns. So they're slowly turning that rudder. So they're slowly turning that rudder. So in a year, we're going to turn around and be like, yo, there are so many things we can do with our builds now that we couldn't do a year ago. 
and if they would have dropped that system in our laps we probably would have not liked it it would have been way it would have been too elaborate it would have been too too confusing um so i i like i like their choice to slowly evolve and iterate on the existing systems and ideas uh, over time smm says hang on i have got to take a drink of of water SMM says, with Aldrin's uh, Guardian story continuing in the lore, do you think that's Bungie's way to tie up loose ends from now? I didn't realize they would, they had done anything with him in the lore. I knew they had that little scene where he like wakes up, a ghost wakes him up, which is identical to how we start in Destiny One. Uh, but I didn't know they were doing. Um, I didn't know they were doing anything in the lore. I've not seen it. Uh, I, if they're gonna tie up loose ends of the lore and things with Aldrin and stuff. In, um, if they're gonna do that in lore cards or lore entries, I'm not a giant fan of that. Um, you know, I'm not gonna complain and say, well, "Why would you do that?" I mean, I, you know, I, I've appreciated the way they've done lore. Uh, I've appreciated the way they've done the lore. I thought the lore entries were cool. There's also lore on exotics and stuff. The dawning ship is all about Aldrin. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think at this point we're going to have to accept that some of these, some of these lore elements and story elements are not going to get tied up with some big, amazing cinematic like, like we've gotten in the past. Um, as long as we know what's happening with certain characters, I'm comfortable with that. And the reason that I'm comfortable with that is because. Um, the reason that I'm comfortable with that is because that still keeps us interested in knowing what's going on and the alternative was them doing nothing they can't like every season drop a bunch of cinematics and stories in our lap now I would love for Bungie to get a bunch of money from some company to produce a television show to run alongside of the game every season I think that is an untapped potential future market for entertainment that hasn't been fully yet realized, especially with hobbyist seasonal games. Imagine if every couple of months a new season comes out, and when you buy that season, things happen in the game. And then if you want, they also then say, hey, we have... uh, four episodes a season that launch on Netflix and if you want access to those that's additional you would have to go to Netflix and buy that season um, and I know Netflix might want to shy away from that and people are like no don't start charging for stuff on Netflix I just I think that there is a I think there is a market for television shows to run alongside of video games and it hasn't been fully yet tapped in and realized. And the reason for that is, I think games like Destiny are just now landing to a, to a place where they could do it. I think the biggest hurdle would be, um, the biggest hurdle would be, can you produce the show fast enough and make the episodes fast enough to line up with the actual delivery of the seasons in the video game? Um, yeah, like Doctor Disrespect just signed, you know, a deal with a TV show. I had been saying I thought Netflix should be talking to people like Doc and other people in the streaming industry to start to secure talent to do uh, curated, paid-for, highly produced content. And the reason is because the viewership is there and it's massive and the production costs would be incredibly low compared to the production costs that Netflix spends on, like, Lost in Space or other shows like that. 
that are original to their platform. Um, so I, I think there's a massive potential there. Now with Destiny, I just don't know if Bungie would want to get into that. But man, oh man, I would watch a Destiny show. I would. 30 minute episodes. Use all, use the cinematics that they use in these cutscenes and stuff. You've got the voice actors. You've got the lore. You've got the story arcs. Just why would you not? Is kind of my the only the only why would you not would be uh, money. <laughs> that would be the primary reason that you would not. So you know, I think that there there there's there would be demand for it. It would just come down to money. You know, can we spend it and make it back and then some? You know, can we have a profit margin on something like that? Gail. Do you think, because the new Obstinosis curse, uh, we don't get elemental primaries in a normal way? I basically talked about how they could still do it, because Osmosis would still be beneficial. If your gun was Ark and had Osmosis on it, you would still be able to change its elements on the fly, which could be helpful. You could switch it back and forth. Imagine, actually, how good Osmosis would be at that point. Well, this gun's arc, but it has osmosis on it, which means I can throw a grenade and switch it to solar, and then I can go, I can, I can holster the weapon and pull it back out, and it's back to being arc. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I think there's, I think there's something there. They could definitely, they could definitely, uh, they could definitely do something with that. We, they could still give us elemental primaries, and it wouldn't suddenly make osmosis a dead perk. Osmosis could still. Uh, still have some benefits and unique playstyle, like the idea of having basically a gun with two elements. It would be kind of like the murmur, but on the fly, because you could have it with, you know, its default element, and then you could be changing the element on the fly just by throwing a grenade and then slipping it back, uh, you know, sl- swapping it back just by holstering and getting it back out again. T Funk. Now that we are in the season, do you like? Uh, leveling. I had a friend compare it to running. Um, artifact is a treadmill, and the power is like a running out, is like running outside. Could you make the argument that running sucks, i.e., leveling? I'm not even paying attention to it. The only reason I'm paying attention to the artifact is because of the mo- is because of the mods. I want them. I want to try out some of the mods. I'm not paying attention to the artifact because of my power increase. I just can't be bothered. I don't. I just don't give a crap. I don't. Now, that's not me saying that leveling doesn't matter and leveling is stupid, because that's just me arguing for my preference. But I don't know, man. I just don't care. I, and I, I, I feel like I'm probably in good company. Most people come back to the game, and you would think they would want to just... What's going on with the story? What's going on with the new activity? What's going on with the loot pool? Let me check out Eververse. You know, but being like, man, I can't wait to run activities for guns and armor to drop with a number on it so that my number can go higher. Like, I get that people like to level, and that's why I think the artifact was such a smart play, because you get the sense of level and progression. No matter how much you play or how little you play, you get out of it what you put in. Um, And so I, that's why I think the artifact was such a smart play. Yeah, if, if you really, really want to level and really, really grind, you can. Grab as many bounties as you can every single week on all three characters, and you're going to push that artifact and that season pass as fast as freaking possible. Um, so I I would prefer these, these non-needed, non-essential leveling grinds every season because I can just freaking ignore it and just naturally just kind of level up as I play. Um, so... Um... Damien, 
Uh, have you encountered the black market from Spider? If so, how do you feel about the unattainable items that cost a million glimmer? Homie, that was something from like a like a a, a a mission as a joke. That's not that's not a real thing. You didn't like find a secret. Uh, Skullzak, Damien's really smart. I don't know how you didn't realize that. That feels like a non-serious question. Um, Skullzak says. With the new perks coming into the game like Osmosis and Vorpal and returning perks like Clown Cartridge, are there any perks from D1 you'd like to see brought back into D2? ID Triple Double from Chaos Dogma. Focus Firefly would be amazing. Um, you know, I, I like that. I loved having that on. I loved having that on Genesis Chain. Uh, so that you know, I, I would say that was one I liked. Uh, grenades and horseshoes was nice on rockets. I bought one of the items and it gave me a small drifter quest. Yeah, that's just a that's just a goofy thing, Damien, that they launched a long time ago. You did, it's not some secret, and those items are not meant to be obtainable. They did it as a joke. It's just meant to be a joke. Like, oh look, spider selling stuff for ridiculous thing costs, and I can't get it. It's, it wasn't it wasn't meant to be like an actual uh, storefront. So, um. There are stories hidden behind them. I, 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 I don't, I don't know what you want me to say. I don't think it was meant to be taken very serious. Uh, DeWitt, you've mentioned wanting to change the way scouts are used. Do you think the new exotic scout is on track? I need to use it more. I need to use it more um, because a lot of what I talked about was variable scouts, um, variable scouts that you could change the fire rate on and change the range on and stuff. Uh, to give a reason to use it. Um, I don't know if that thing brings enough of the variable nature of, you know, switching it from a long to mid range to close range weapon. I don't know, um, if it, if it, if it brings that, but I'll have to use it to, to formulate an opinion on it. Eknor, uh, says, I like the new activity and the grind but do you think it'd be better for Bungie to update some of the old content like we have four weapons and strikes with static roll uh, they should have been updated to those that make it interesting what yeah I mean this is this is a gimme this is kind of a gimme non-needed question yes of course it'd be great for Bungie to go into um, strikes and update old content also you're here a lot Eknor you're very familiar with my my philosophy and my viewpoint on old content being repurposed. I'm a big, big proponent of that. Uh, you know, repurposing Escalation Protocol, giving the weapons random rolls, you know, taking the hand cannon and throwing it in there too because there's an Icolos hand cannon. Um, you know, I'm a big, big proponent of that. I don't think leaving old content and old loot pools derelict and dead is the right call. Uh, and as long as it's free, nobody can complain. If they're not charging you money for it, you can't complain about reskins. It's a way of them keeping pieces of the game alive. So, uh, Silk in the Wind. What do you think about the intrinsic champion mods and the new exotics? Says for the future of the mechanic going forward. Was really hoping for champion mods on exotics. I actually think it's a great reason to put champion mods on exotics because you can make an intrinsic. And, th- and then maybe it's more effective on the intrinsics or something. Uh, or or you put a mod on one. I just don't know why you would do that. Why you would say in one TWAB, 
we're going to do what we can to rein in legendaries because they're stronger than exotics. And then in the next breath, you're like, well, in endgame content, we, we introduced a feature uh, with champions that subsequently makes all year, you know, prior to year three exotic. So if it's not a Divinity, a Dragon's Breath, an Ariana's Vow, or any of the new ones, even the new Scout doesn't have anything built into it, right? It doesn't. Um, in, in the next breath, they basically say, yeah, all those exotics are irrelevant when you go into hard content, because if it's a primary and you want to run a champion mod on it, you can't. Um, it, it, it does? The new scout has unstoppable? Where? This weapon fires full auto. Hold reload to swap to arc seeker mode. Arc seekers track enemies. Um, precision hits build up dynamic charge swapping to arc seeker mode increases damage and partially reloads the magazine oh it's hidden oh well that's freaking stupid it's not on there I'm sorry I misspoke I didn't realize it wasn't listed it's listed on the other ones that's kind of a that's kind of a dumb oversight um okay so there you go hey Bungie I've got an idea um oh when you equip it you see the symbol hang on I'll do that yeah, I don't see... Oh, what, if you hold it? Is that what... Th- what? The perk needs to be active, though? Oh, you gotta change modes. Revolution. Alright, hang on a second. I wanna grab this material. There we go. Is it active all the time? I don't understand. So, with Revolution active... So, these Seekers are, are unstoppable? It's not, it's not... It's not... It staggers the enemies. Guys, I don't know if that's an unstoppable round. Have you tried it on an unstoppable champion? Because I don't know. We're, we're, we're kind of slowing down Q&A to experiment they stagger enemies staggering enemies isn't the same as an unstoppable round an unstoppable round specifically interacts with an unstoppable champion somebody saying yes yes I have yes I've used it yes it works says Barry White okay plenty of people are saying that it stuns the unstoppable um, and I'm seeing somebody people with longtime sub badges saying it is I'm not being trolled okay so, but it just isn't listed it isn't listed it probably should be listed so right there is a perfect example for for and, uh, somebody saying Chevy was doing it last night thank you uh, we've had some resubs I didn't call out Alfex uh, Sib and Ollie with 13 months and six months from Rock Leo welcome back okay so that right there sorry for the the it that, that wasn't probably the best for the audio only listeners um, I would say that's a perfect reason to comb over all of the old exotics and just put intrinsic champion mods on them. Who the frick cares? Put intrinsic, you know, um, anti-barrier on the Huckleberry. Put put intrinsic ones. Put intrinsic unstoppable on the Mida. Like, who gives a frick? I should be able to pull those weapons out and use them. I should be able to pull those out and use those with you know with those in those in those encounters. I just I should. Um. Okay, so now we got, while charged with light, you gain significant damage resistance against combatants when your shields are destroyed. Okay, that's not a bad one. Okay, so we got, in week one, by doing all of the, all of the, um, 
the weeklies we got this thing up to level 10 as far as we can know looking at it it can go to level 11 so and i just got some from a triumph so we may be able to do it i don't know how many we're gonna get here just 100 that's not gonna be enough we need 200 to roll it over so um we could get a that's a minor that's a moderate for the season pass that's not happening today um do you get the time swept shell for doing this one increase the residence rank of obelisks that's all 40 that's going to be a late season um, grab or later in the season grab um yeah there we go so we need another hundred uh and then this thing will be is is 11 the max because i mean i don't know why you would need to take it past 11 there's nothing else on here seemingly uh past 11 so um oh and we got a shader we got a new shader and we got some glimmer let's check out this shader this shader is from the season pass called gunmetal marigold Ooh, that's nice that's not bad that kind of looks like the um that kind of looks like the 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 rocket launcher we were looking at a little bit earlier um ooh, that gold can look really really nice on guns too um that's that's not bad at all that's got like a that's got a cool look to it um are there daily bounties seems like there's just weeklies uh nighthawks said hey lono uh could you run the sundial and not claim your reward and then claim two weapons on your next run no idea that be that would be somebody would need to experiment and try that out um no idea so next question is from we are bossy says or we are bassy or bassy what do you think is the best way to build top tree uh dawnbreaker with the new bus no idea these kind of questions i just don't really delve into unless i've experimented with it myself it's just too early in the season for that for myself i just haven't done it mick cheshire do you think the season needed some sort of daily bounty um you know they could have put dailies on there they could have put dailies on the obelisk i but they've got weeklies and they've got gun bounties so that might have been a little bounty heavy i've been like holy moly that's a lot of friggin' bounties um that 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 would have been a little bit uh that would have been a little bit heavy i think um i do want to check the mars obelisk though and see um if if we could have unlocked some other some of the other weapons i was more focused on the auto rifle maybe we shouldn't have focused so heavily on the tangled shore obelisk uh paradoxical uh nexus says do you think the introduction of exotics like symmetry and soon devil's rue destiny 2's power fantasy will spiral out of control i don't think so and don't i i just i don't make predictions about that kind of stuff it's gonna spiral out of control like i don't even know what that means wario poet do you see these seasons as bungie's way of getting to their 1.8 ready for destiny 3 i have said this numerous times i feel like you're just pulling this from past videos i i have said this countless times almost verbatim that this is just like divisions 1.8 moment to prepare for the next game um dr laz do you think praetith comes back for real after the lore book of season of the undying i have no opinion on that uh oreo gambit the community seems to be consumed by a downward spiral of rage and malcontent how can we go about changing this paradigm i don't think that's going on i think you're going to reddit and you're seeing vocal people complain i think player-based numbers are always the true testimony if the player-based uh numbers are healthy um then that's all we need to see 
if the player base numbers are healthy then that's all we need to see we don't need to see anything else um you know there's the the people are playing then you can complain all you want on reddit again i said this earlier i think there are people that just have not come to grips with the fact that they have not come to, to grips with the fact that either they're not a fan of destiny anymore we had people in here saying things like this game has sucked since taken king then why the frick are you paying attention to it then if it's that bad like if it's fallen from grace that far why are you still playing and talking about it you know hey peter iliac is in my uh is in my area is in my uh space and saint 69 nice um you know, I don't think we're in a downward spiral of rage and malcontent. I think Reddit always complains. I don't know if there's ever been a time where Reddit's been nothing but positivity. I think they've always complained. I think Reddit is getting on a one-string banjo of focusing on things that are not going to change and are not going to be the way they want them. Number one, Eververse will never be 100% earnable. Number two, Eververse is going to continue in the game. Number three, you're not going to get vendor refreshes every three months for 10 bucks. Like, that they're just that's just you know what I'm saying they're all banging on that drum every couple of months every couple of weeks with their bungee please threads and begging for things and and they will complain about something and then make terrible terrible suggestions they've been doing that for a long long time and so you know content creators have been very negative the last two months I don't agree with that either. I, I don't. If you've you been watching my podcast or my stream, we haven't been that way. Now, I get accused of being too negative and complaining too much because streamers like to take shots because they're they're weak minded and they like to they like to take shots at people that they're threatened by. And also, I think people say that I'm negative all the time because they only focus on one aspect of what I talk about. Right? Like, I get critical of the game and I make requests for things to improve. But when people are like, all you do is complain, well, go to most of my critical videos and they're always, here's a way to improve this, here's a way to make this better. And a lot of those suggestions and ideas ended up in Forsaken, ended up in Shadowkeep, ended up in the season pass format we're in right now, right? Um, yeah, well, PvP-focused content creators, I'm sure, got negative because they, they have been, sadly given nothing for a couple of years now they've been given very very little they're understandably frustrated they fell in love with destiny they loved trials as much as they would complain about the meta and the maps they played trials every weekend and they had their they had their weekend weekly ritual completely disrupted by a bad destiny 2 launch and the jettison of trials from the game like that is a frustrating thing so i get that i'm not even talking about that if somebody's going to go off on a tangent about trials or the state of PvP or the lack of PvP updates, I'm probably going to be a little bit more empathetic to give them an ear and listen to them and say, okay, yeah, it's been pretty rough. The people that act like everything's broken and PvP sucks and the meta is trash, those people I don't listen to because the player base numbers have been more healthy for PvP than they probably ever have been as far as daily engagement, which means people are having fun. There's also no general consensus of criticism about the Crucible. Like when everybody complained about shotguns, we don't have a general consensus anymore. People are all complaining about different things. The reason I think people are complaining about different things is because people just complain about whatever kills them. And there's a lot of different viable, you know, really strong and somewhat easy to use builds in, in the game right now. But as far as like a downward spile of rage and malcontent... I, I think you need to stop reading Reddit and stop reading the forums and look at the player base numbers 
Look at the number of people uh, that are engaging with the content. Look at how much money Bungie's making. Um, you know what I mean? I I would say look at those things and by and large, the, it, keep keep in mind that the game has been out for five years. We are five years into the franchise with healthy revenue streams and healthy player-based numbers. And truth be told, I've said this before, Anytime you go to Reddit or the forums and people are fired up and they're writing posts and they're complaining and they're passionate and they're angry, that's actually, oddly enough, that is a feather in Bungie's cap. Go to the Reddits of games that have died or have apathetic, you know, player bases that don't play anymore, okay? That's concerning when no one's saying anything. So I would say complaint and passion as long as they keep going to reddit and complaining and 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 throwing their hands in the air and getting aggravated if they're doing it in a month if they're doing it in two months i'm gonna let you in on a little secret they're still playing like they're still playing they still like the game and that's what's driving them to go complain or make their recommendations or voice their opinion so when people complain and people rant and rave and they get really passionate that's actually ironically enough that's a sign of health because that means people are playing and they're still getting frustrated by oh doggone it Bungie can you change this I am sick of fill in the blank I am sick of blah 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 like I would say you know I would say that's a really really good sign of health you know what I'm saying Funny, funnily enough the Anthem and the Fallout 76 are 100 times more positive than Destiny uh, the game subreddit I haven't visited those subreddits I don't know if that's an accurate representation uh, of those because Anthem's subreddit is probably pretty dormant I would imagine um, and that's probably why it's maybe mostly positive because the only people left are the people that are still <laughs> still playing um, and the rest of us have moved on I still think that game can bounce back I'll always say that and when it finally does bounce back that's going to be one of my biggest I told you so's I'm going to get a shirt made that says I told you so about Anthem and I'm going to wear it on stream and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna get a shirt that says I was right or I predicted this because people get so triggered about that on uh, on YouTube. They're like, this guy, this guy always claims he predicted stuff. Yeah, well, when when you have a pretty good track record, I got a pretty good batting average, <laughs> Dad Gummit. And when it happens with Anthem, I'm gonna cash in on that. I told you so, hard, because I'm telling you that game can come back. It happened with No Man's Sky. It can happen with any game. Fluffy Rhino. Do you think the new ritual weapons are too easy to get? We already had this question. I think it's fine. It doesn't need to be grueling. I think the PvP crowd will probably complain because it's not a long-term burn grind, and that was something that they really didn't like. But they complained about that last season, and they had a great gun called the Randys that a lot of people didn't go for, claiming they didn't get a pinnacle weapon when they did. Uh, OMG, it's Scott or Scoot. I have an overwhelming sense of dissatisfaction with the season so far. It is early, and I just got here, so I didn't hear you cover your thoughts on it, so I'm sorry if you did. But do you think Bungie can keep getting away with releasing Horde-style game modes every season and, and make people happy with it? To me, it feels like the same thing over and over with new dressings to make it feel different. Yep, and that's the nature of the game. That's the nature of the game. I, I don't know what people want. Truly, I don't know what you want. You go into environments where there's a flow of ads for you to use your spectrum of abilities. 
trash ads with your primary medium ads with your secondary the big baddies with your heavy you got your super for support or for damage and you run through the rhythm of combat you kill the minis you kill the majors you kill the big baddies and you do some mechanics and you get some loot that is literally destiny so when someone states this as a negative I don't think you understand what you're saying you're basically saying I don't understand why destiny is adding more destiny that's what they're going to do. They're not going to give you a dungeon crawl. They're not going to give you some linear story mission that you're done with. They've moved away from that and they've said why because that content is so quickly played and then never played again and that's not good use of their bandwidth to give you some mission that you never go back to. Plus, the more linear the mission, the more ads and trash ads and enemies that we just run past. Like, the more linear they set it up, the more the less we play, right? We just run past everything. So, they're literally just going to continue to do exactly this and if you don't like that as I've said a couple of times today maybe you just don't like destiny like maybe you just don't like destiny if you like destiny then a new activity and some new loot and some new story and a little bit of a level grind with the artifact and some new stuff there too and the season pass that's enough for you you're like yep this is awesome I can play a couple times a week Uh, I can play you know daily and I got little things to do little boxes to check and it's a really satisfying hobby right it's it's a satisfying hobby and for those the people the people that are coming back as Ogens and Chad is saying they want a brand new campaign a new PVP mode new weapons quests exotics raids PVE game modes that are game changing every three months You're, if that's your expectation for ten dollars I like take a ten dollar bill out of your wallet and I want you to really really think about and brainstorm what you can buy with ten dollars just write down everything you can buy and then I want you to start to weight those things with longevity. How many of those things you can buy with $10? How many of them really last longer than an afternoon or a day or a meal, right? A movie, a, 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 a lunch, a dinner, you know, a, like, I don't know. I don't even know. A t-shirt, like just start writing down the things that you can buy for $10. And I think you're going to realize it's, it's probably going to blow you away just how much value you actually get out of a season of Destiny for $10. And the comeback is always, but I've spent 200 I, I don't know what it's like to think so so narrowly. I really don't. I, I, I try to be accepting of other viewpoints. I don't know how you get so narrow in your thinking that you honestly think that you've spent $200 and that somehow entitles you to massive content right now. You've got to take that $200 and divide it over the months and years that you've played and then you can see the value transmission. Just because you've spent $200 at McDonald's over the last six months doesn't mean you're going going to go into McDonald's and get way more when you buy a value meal. You're like, hey, I've been spending, I've spent $200 the last couple of months here at McDonald's. Why am I not getting more for my value meal? They're like, what are you talking about? That's that's our pricing structure. Like, what the frick? The pricing structure of Destiny is every couple of months, you spend a small amount of money to get a small amount of content. That's just the way that it goes. And if, if you're going to continue to come back and say, not enough, not enough, not enough, 
I just be like, you know what? Okay, skip next season. Take your $10 and go try to stretch it as far as you can stretch it here. Do it. Take a season off. Just do it. Take a break from Destiny. Take that $10 out of your pocket and you go walking down to the store dollar dollar in hand $10 bill in hand and I want you to try to stretch that $10 as far as it gets to stretch here it's just absurd it's absurd what we get for the the $10 in this game go to any game just go to Steam go to Steam while you're at it don't even go to Target or Walmart or wherever you shop go to Steam with your $10 and you try and stretch that $10 as far as you can stretch it here just do it and then come back in the summer and admit that maybe your expectations are unrealistic and that you've been unnecessarily critical of the game and overly overly critical of the game when or maybe you're just not a fan of the game anymore Wolverine Warlock are you worried uh, that with the ability to save Saint-14 in this season, it could lead to a giant plot problem where potentially anyone who dies such as Cage could be brought back? The Sundial was built specifically for the timeline on Mercury to save Cade. It is not going to be a far-reaching uh, breach of, of, of the timelines and what, who is dead and who is not. That's not what it's going to do. Lord Nexus. Um, and there we go. There starts the maintenance. Uh, I know the season just started, but do you think Destiny can last a year with only seasons like this? Do you think it'll ever be possible for Bungie to consistently make season of opulence like DLCs? I know that was vicarious visions, but I think my point still stands. You're not making a point. You're asking a question. Um, well, maybe your passive assertion is that you don't think it can last with seasons like this. We'll have to check the player base numbers. I would say mid-January, end of January to get a really, really good picture. Shadowkeep September to now was really, really healthy player base numbers and we're seeing reports that Bungie has made very, very uh, good amount of money uh, this year. They have been very, very successful. (laughs) So, we'll have to look at the player base numbers end of January and, 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 and make that call and say, okay, you know, player base numbers have just plummeted because you could see that with Black Armory, you saw it even to greater degree in Drifter. After a couple of weeks, the player base numbers just dropped. I mean, nope, like they just woof down to the five hundreds and six hundred thousands in each hopper. And post Shadowkeep, it was like double that. New light, free to play. Okay, I know that was a contributing factor, but two months in. Two months into New Light and Shadow Keep being out, the player base numbers were really healthy. So, I say we look mid-January, end of January, and we'll have a better answer to your question. If the player base numbers are helpful, like really, really healthy, then you can't keep you can't keep saying that New Light's padding the numbers. For, we're in freaking January at that point, right? We're in January. There's no way. There's no way it's still padding the numbers. I would say at that point, if the player base numbers are healthy, mid to end of January, I would say. That people are buying the seasons and they're continuing to play and this format can work you know um that's that that would be my take on it now if we get to let's just imagine another reality because i think it's going to be fine i'm predicting that it'll be fine let's imagine we get to mid to end january and the numbers have just plummeted it feels like drifter all over again you know and people have rejected this structure then bungie's gonna have to have they're gonna have to face a really really tough question and they're gonna say is this just what it's like mid-year? 
Is this what's going to happen every time that people just get to the place where they're like, this isn't enough, this isn't substantive enough, this isn't scratching me where I itch, I'm going to go play other games? Or can they go back to the drawing board? Can they subcontract with the money that they're making? They've, If they're making really, really good money and they've got tons of profit, they could start to subcontract. They could reach out to companies you know, maybe not Vicarious Visions because they're owned by Activision. There's probably some love lost there from Activision and they would disallow that, but they could maybe subcontract and find a company and say, hey, we need to increase our bandwidth and our output. We need to build more stuff and we're making good money. We can start to expand on a temporary basis, right? On a temporary basis, uh, they, they could subcontract and find companies that could build stuff for them. At the very least, they could maybe even reach out to some of these companies that formed from ex Bungie employees and be like, "You guys know how to build content for us. We'll we'll throw you, you know, we'll throw you a pretty hefty set of cash to get you started with your new company, and uh, and then we'll get more bandwidth out of it." You know, um, major Bungie talent have moved to the new project. Uh, they should staff up to create more content. I mean, listen, they could do that. This year could be light and while they're delivering this year you know this year's a little bit lighter while they're delivering this year they could slowly expand and then next year as this annual pass is coming to a close they start to beef up and then 2020 into 2021 is a better time um you know is is a much better time I love your stream podcast and insight on destiny I love the destiny loop but the only thing I would love for them to work on is how to dismantle uh, how they disseminate their story, especially starting a story like Prince Ultron and then you don't finish it. You seem to forget about it. I, like, I hope they don't leave it hanging, right? I hope they don't leave it hanging. If they leave Ultron hanging, then that'll be a huge, huge bummer to be like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, when are you, when are you going to come back to that? That's pretty significant. This guy was the main, the main villain antagonist in Forsaken, and he gets resurrected by, by a ghost? Like, what the frick? Um, there's lore entry from a ship about Aldrin. He's in the EDZ. Right. I mean, that's very, very... I mean, so they're continuing the story, so I guess that's an answer to the question of they're not leaving it hanging, but they're not really putting it front and center either, so... Weird Bassy says, I agree with you about the season pass to be a great value in terms of hours of enjoyment slash dollar. Do you think that Bungie would be more successful in terms of player satisfaction if they increase the price of the season pass to say $20 and try to introduce more original content? This is like asking, would people be happier if you gave them more food for more money? I would think so, yes. You know, if... If, if Bungie suddenly said, hey, season passes are 20, but they're going to be twice the size. We're going to add a campaign. We're going to add new this, new that, new strikes, whatever. I, I think the answer to this question is just painfully obvious. Yes, of course. There, I don't think people would say, wait, $20 and we get way more stuff? What a joke, Bungie. Why would you do that? I think people would be like, that's great. I think a lot of people would even say, man, we, we, were, we were doing the $10 thing and it just seemed pretty sparse. It seemed pretty thin. This seems like a much better structure. Um, and again, maybe they could do that next year. Maybe next year September rolls around and they talk to us. And they say, listen, we've been 
we've been we've had a good year and we've expanded because you guys you guys have been loving the content and we and 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 you guys have been supporting us we expanded new departments we got some companies to align with us and the seasons that are going to follow after you know i'm calling it the taken queen you know the winter spring and summer seasons they're going to cost more money but they're going to be way bigger um the dilemma that they're really going to run into is space inside the game. That's going to be a bigger dilemma than it's not can they or do they want or or do they want to create lots of stuff for us. I don't think Bungie's sitting around being like, "You know what? We could create way more content, but let's just kind of hang out and have 3-hour lunches and play foosball in the break room. I don't really feel like creating a lot of content this season. Let's create as little as possible." I think they triage and they break things up and they create as much as they possibly can every single time they deliver something. They're like, what can we squeeze in here? What what grinds, what bounties, what loot pursuits, what activities can we squeeze into this season so that when somebody spends the $10, they can't possibly conclude that nothing's going on. You know? So I would think if they had the ability to expand and create way more content for us and then charge a little bit more, I think they would do just that. I think we'd probably be shocked. I think we'd probably be shocked just how razor thin their timelines are. How many teams are shuffling? How many teams are working on things right now that you won't see until the summer? And they have to do that and nothing else. Or you won't have anything in the summer. Like, I think it would probably blow people's minds just to see a diagram of how many gears of teams and cogs are constantly spinning and dropping a deliverable in your lap on time that's enjoyable and and not buggy and works like i i honestly do i think it would blow people's minds what's going on at a company this size to ensure that for 10 bucks you get three months of trickled enjoyable you know hobbyist content um Community, due to the success of the micro store, Shadow Keep, and the season pass, we're able to increase our staff and allow for a more substantive content drop over the course of the next year. And then the community's like, F the Eververse. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Luke Smith's like, hey, we sold two ornaments for the Whisper of the Worm, and that paid for the Outbreak Perfected quest. And people still just stamp their feet and they're like, screw, screw the Eververse. I don't think people understand just how helpful the Eververse is. (laughs) I just don't think people realize it. You can call me a shill. You can call me an apologist. You can say it's scummy. You can say that all you want. I just, having a really, really good micro store that generates revenue, that pays for content, I just, man oh man, I think people really, really don't, they don't get it. They're like, I'm so angry, I'm so angry. Uh, the fact that they have a company their size and they're giving you something for 10 bucks every three months is just is really crazy it's so it's so affordable to play destiny (laughs) it's so affordable to play destiny and you want to start chopping off revenue streams because you want pretty pretty fancy things in the other npc you know the npc vendors to get updated people are like if they would give the vendors half the half the attention they give the eververse you do understand the eververse is just cosmetics right and if they add armor or guns to Shaxx and Zavala, those things have to be tested. Those things have to be, you know, gone through 
live fire environments you know they they have to test that they don't have to test a, a shiny ornament or a ghost projection i mean they do but not nearly to the degree of like damage against ads damage against you know uh shields damage against you know guardians like they got to take any new piece of gear and they got to take it through the the gamut of testing and so that's why they can't just be like, let's divert resources from the Eververse to the vendors. It's not that simple. It just isn't. It, it, it's not number one. It's not even how the production of the content works. The team working on ornaments, ghost projections, and emotes—they're not doing that. Instead of making you guns, they're not doing that. Like you gotta fully understand that. It's not like they can just turn a dial and be like, all right, let's divert resources from the Eververse to the vendors so people are happier they're not that's not something they can even do like i don't know uh pr for show i missed your 13 month resub thank you nine months from opinions get you banned kill bill with 19 months thank you uh you're essentially subscribing to time gated content it's not something you keep though it's a form of rental 100 percent false and wrong and completely misrepresentative of what we're paying for that's not true at all i keep all the loot all the guns all the things i've gotten the only thing we can't keep is the sundial activity and i'm fine with that i i can there'll be a new activity next season i shuffle forward anyway i stopped running forges i stopped running the menagerie i i shuffle forward i i don't shuffle backwards like i i'm fine with that you know i i don't know i it, i'm i get to keep all my cool stuff that i got <laughs> all my awesome all my awesome guns and armor pieces and in god rolls and keep all that you know um so Kaboosting. Hey, Lono. This is the third season that Bungie is using the Iron Banner armor from Season 1, Season 1, Season 7, and now Season 9. Do you think Bungie will introduce new ways to earn Iron Banner ornaments? I think they're going to squelch Iron Banner criticisms this season by giving you new guns. They're not in the database yet, but they're in... The, well, yeah, I don't know. They're not in the database. So maybe they'll add them when the when Iron Banner first shows up. When's Iron Banner first show up? Frick. There's a picture of Iron Banner and there's like a bow and a, and a, and a, and a, and a, and a hand cannon that's different. Um, it's in two weeks. Yeah, maybe there'll be a micro update just to, so they can celebrate it. Um, the Iron Banner bow is in the database. There literally is only going to be one new gun. Are you serious? Oh, I can't go in the game right now. Shoot. It's a pinnacle? There is a bow, which is new, but it's just a bow. Shoot. Uh, yeah, I just feel like that's a bummer. I'm not going to I don't know how much I can defend that. I, they PVP needs something. PVP needs something. And that's I don't um I don't know if that's enough. That's re that's recycled armor, which isn't a huge deal. They've been doing that in other other sectors of the game. Um the hand cannon is just the dagger. Oh, I thought it was a new hand cannon. Shoot. Yeah, that's just more of a bummer for the PvP crowd to just not get something new. I don't know what the answer is. Iron Banner is free to all players, so I don't, I don't expect it to be insanely substantive. But um, I, I will say that is a bit of a bummer. Uh, here's the light GG entry on it. Thank you, uh, B Barber. It's called Point of the Stag. You guys can't see it all, but you can see the four perks right here. 
it can get archer's tempo no distractions no distractions needs a quality pass it doesn't seem to do anything uh and then it's vorpal or eye of the storm oh this is a, this is a, yeah this is a pinnacle this is there's no random rolls on this those are the, those are the perks you just pick that's just that's the same way that the the gambit shotgun and the um vanguard vanguard sidearm and the crucible linear fusion are yeah, I just I don't know, man. Who Vorpal? I, who's gonna use a bow on someone in their super? Who's gonna use a bow on a on a on a boss? I, I don't know. That feels kind of stupid. Um, I don't know. That's a bummer. I think I was giving them a little bit of a pass on Iron Banner armor because I was like, it looks like they're adding a couple of guns. They've added a pinnacle um, that doesn't even look that good. Uh, so, yeah. Only Frostbolt? <laughs> yeah, Frost will do it. Uh, Jeb, uh, Jetboy. What is your favorite ornament in the Eververse this week of the season? Personally, I like the Dust Rock. The Dust Rock is awesome, but the Tractor Cannon takes the cake for me. That Tractor Cannon's awesome. It looks like a freaking dinosaur foot. I love it. Uh, BCB151. Another streamer who is mostly a PvP player said they did the sundial once and thought it was boring. What do you think of it? I wouldn't expect a PvP player to want to hang out in the sundial all day. Um, just like I don't play Gambit in PvP that much. So that seems right on the money. That kind of seems par for the course for a primarily PvP player. Um, I thought the sundial was great. I thought it was intense. Um, and it also is not failable. So that's that's a structure that is good that we have said that we've liked from Menagerie. Uh, any idea on how to get the old-fashioned? Rahul, world drops, and my milestones seem to be dropping them. I've only gotten one, though. Nerd Bomb. Destiny 3 comes out tomorrow. Your titles, guns, armor, triumphs are all gone, and you get another Destiny 2-style launch. Do you strap in for another grind, or do you question their ability to respect your time? This seems really unlikely, uh, with Luke Smith at the helm. I think that they probably completely pumped the brakes and halted any production on Destiny 3, and I believe they're building Destiny 3's framework in Destiny 2, the same way they did Division 2's framework in Division 1. So this seems like a very unlikely future. If, for whatever the frick reason, this happens, I would I would have a couple of questions. Is there, a, is there a new engine, and are there dedicated servers? If there's a new engine and dedicated servers, I could say, let's give them six months and see what they can do. Um, they're not under contract or deadline now, so I would be like, why the frick did you do this? Um, why'd you launch a game that's not ready? But, if it had dedicated servers and a new engine, I would say, okay, Bungie, what can you do in six months? Because you have a new engine, you have new tech, you have new dev tools, you have new new server-side updates you can do. How quickly can you patch this back together? If they had another D2-style launch, and they were still Tiger Engine, still non-dedicated servers, I would be very very concerned for the future of the franchise I just like I said I don't think that's a likely outcome what we didn't realize at the end of Destiny 1 what we didn't realize was they had already built so much of Destiny 2 and they started a brand new reset on it right after Taken King right so you know more than likely I would think that that's not happening now, right? I don't know. I think he's mostly just asking if you think they're do, doing well at respecting our time at the moment. I mean, I don't know. I, if, if, if you're worried about losing your titles and your guns and your armor and your triumphs, if that's what this question's focusing on, I'm going to be real honest with you. When Destiny 3 launches, which I'm fairly confident we're going to get a Destiny 3, 
when Destiny 3 launches, I, I, I really, really, in the most, in, in the strongest way I can say it, I don't give a, an, the slightest inkling of a frick if they take all my stuff from me. I just don't care. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. New stuff, new worlds, new guns, new subclasses, new armor, that's fine with me. I'm not going to be like, now wait a minute, Bungie. I want my god roll Ostringer. Are you kidding me at that point? Are you kidding me? No. Now, I will say yes. Titles could certainly be part of your character import. 100%. So you still have a testimony and a banner of what you did in Destiny 2. That seems like a reasonable request for titles to come over. But I don't give any 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 inkling of a frick about my weapons or my armor. I can't believe they took all our stuff to give it back to us again. We've recycled. We've just shut up. It's fine. Starting over is fine. And, and re-earning exotics is fine. Most of the exotics that we've re-earned and they brought back have been very different and have felt different. You know? It's fine. Uh, Mr. DeBergie. Do you think that most people don't sit back and realize that the company's payroll is 30 plus million a year? Eververse seems like a necessity. You just can't have this conversation with people. People think they should be eating a crust of bread and water and they should be barely making their margins. Listen, I mean this and I truly mean this. I said this to a guy last night on YouTube. I want Bungie to make bundles and bundles of cash because they're not just going to put gold-plated pools on the roof of their operations they're likely going to make more destiny and maybe expand and maybe make new i future destiny things and technologies and stuff like if, if they're if they're struggling to make it if they're breaking even like i think a lot of people have this idea that like businesses should break even out of the goodness of their heart you know you don't need all that money. Look how much money they made. Look, like that's not what they're supposed to do. <laughs> they're supposed to make money. And I want them to make a ton of it. Just just buried. They're like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Our predictions about the Eververse were way too low. We're making fistfuls of cash. <laughs> that's a good thing. That is a good thing. That means that they can pay people well. They can hire more people, right? They can hire people and then make it so they're not having crunch time. They're not having to make people work to, like super, super long periods of time. Like, they're not going to take their 800 employee company and be like, you know what, guys? We had a killer year last year. Everybody is making twice their annual income and we're, we're not going to really do much with Destiny. We're just going to keep skating by. I just, I really don't think so. If you went to a restaurant that was insanely successful and they were busting at the seams with cash, they would, they'd create better menu items. There'd be more draft beer options. Uh, they'd, they'd expand. They'd have more seating so you don't have to wait as long. They'd hire more wait staff and cooks so you don't have to wait as long. They would, they would take all that money and you, as a fan of that restaurant, would be the benefactor as a consumer of that restaurant. We are a benefactor and we benefit when a company like this makes tons of money. There's this weird undercurrent and this odd idea that like making money and wanting to make money is somehow wrong and evil and they're just trying to you know cash grab is like a a thoughtless commenter's favorite term to use on the internet it's just a cash grab it's just a cash grab yep yep 
yeah every everything is the cheeseburger you bought yesterday the starbucks coffee that you bought the the pack of gum at target those are all cash grabs those are things that are trying to make money they're they're trying to make money (laughs) they're you know there there's a steam update for destiny really um i would i would say i would say that I'm going to continue to say, and I don't care if you call me a shill, it, it doesn't it doesn't bother me or hurt my feelings. It's not going to change reality. It's just, I guess, going to let you throw a tantrum on the internet. I, I want them to make tons of money, and when they make tons of money, we will benefit. If they were struggling, if they were struggling to make money, and they were struggling uh, to, to make ends meet, um, and struggling on their profit margins and stuff as, as a self-published company, that would be worrisome about the future. That would be more worrisome. You should be, you should be, you know, fine with them making tons of money. That's not, that's not going to suddenly turn them into some corporate evil greed machine. And I think that's what people think is going to happen anytime a company realizes they can make money on stuff. So their microtransactions do not have, uh, they do not have RNG. There's no loot boxes. It's directional, uh, and it's non-game impacting. You know, it's all the, it's all the markers of what people ask for micros. Uh, Oreo Gambit says, How just released a video today that apparently revealed a hidden exotic in the database? Do you think this is possibly a hidden exotic quest mission like Zero Hour or Whisper? Probably. I think somebody said they even data mined a new. What was the one that led to Outbreak? It was like the fallen um, uh, transmitter, so whatever. Um, so I would say uh, that that is probably going to lead to another secret mission. Yeah. People are saying Dragon's Breath, apparently. That would fit the solar theme of the season. I would be pretty disappointed with it, with it being Dragon's Breath. It ain't going to be a transponder, thank you. It, that, it, it ain't going to be the Galahorn. I know people thought the Galahorn was going to come back when people were speculating about Solar Week. Uh, I think they'll save Galahorn for next year in September as part of the DLC. Um, that's, that's what I think. So maintenance is going on right now guys so if you're new to the stream and you're just coming in to see when maintenance is over this interactive style stream is typically what i do it's kind of like an interactive podcast it is family friendly if you're enjoying your time here remember to click follow and turn on notifications monday through friday i'm here for long hours in destiny as well as other games i do a podcast on monday night with clintus and paul tassie from forbes and my buddy 30 and still gaming we do lots of content discussion like that and if you're enjoying yourself clicking follow and turning on notifications is the easiest way to support me i appreciate you guys being here i don't want q a to go on for forever we can do ad hoc q a these q a sessions also hit spotify and youtube and i don't want them to go too long because then people are they struggle to listen to the entire episode so i'm going to end q a here but you can keep submitting questions and i'll answer them as i eat my lunch but i'm going to be less formulaic with it okay if you're listening to this episode on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always catch me live at say no to rage.com it'll bring you right to my twitch channel as always please like share and subscribe